In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 298th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, A Closer Look at Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. We're going to go over their season stats, offense, season scores, offense, defense, special teams, four, and the fifth item, our ranking analysis, the tail of the tape, and uh, wrap in the series history there. So, the Atlanta Falcons, four and five, are set to face the New England Patriots, six and four, at 8.20 p.m. Thursday night at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Falcons will be trying to rebound from a 43-3 loss to the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Whereas the Patriots are coming into the game hot. They're coming in hot. They've won five of their last six games. Four, uh, four in a row. Open the season one and three. They started to figure things out with their rookie quarterback. And at the 10 game mark of the season, they are six and four. The season scores were as follows. They opened with a loss to the Dolphins, 17-16. to They won at the Jets, New York Jets, 25-6. to Then lost to New Orleans, 28-13. And lost to Tampa Bay, 19-17. So, uh, then they played the Houston Texans and beat them 25-22. to And lost to the Dallas Cowboys, 35-29. to And... Hosted the New York Jets and blew them out 54 to 13. So they're starting to explode in that game. Went out to LA and beat the Chargers 27-24. Went to Carolina, went to Charlotte, beat the Carolina Panthers 24-6. And then uh last week, 45 to 7 against the Cleveland Browns. So that's where Bill Belichick has the New England Patriots. They spent a lot of money in free agency, uh, a lot of uh, draft capital the last couple years, and it looks like he uh, has rebuilt the team. So that could be trouble for everybody in the National Football League. So we're going to look at their offensive stars. Or they didn't really do the start thing in New England, but their offensive players and the defense, which um, – Looks mighty fine. Looks mighty fine to me. Good linebacker and core, and a uh, fine young safety. We want to talk about here today uh, from the local area. Another receiver from the local area that is helping New England out this season. But everything starts with Mac Jones. They um, he was the fifth quarterback taken in the draft. Trevor Lawrence won. Um, 
Zach Wilson too. Then uh, Trey Lance from uh, North Dakota State went to San Francisco. Then Justin Fields uh, goes to the Bears at 11. And then Mac Jones at 5. At 15, I'm sorry. He slips to 15 to the New England Patriots. And arguably he's playing uh, on par or right below Trevor Lawrence. Here, the uh, number one overall pick. We'll get to see him in a couple weeks, too, when the Falcons go to Jacksonville after Thanksgiving Day. So, um, Mac Jones, is uh, he's completed 223 passes uh, of his 323 attempts for 2,333 yards, uh, 69% completion rate. That's his superpower right there, his uh, accuracy. 13 touchdowns for seven interceptions, and he has a passer rating of 94.1. His offensive weapon tree, Damian Williams, is uh, in the concussion protocol. Didn't play last week and gave way to uh, rookie Ramondre Stevenson. We wrote about him during the uh, pre-draft ramp up, the Oklahoma back. Uh, you can Google his name, but he had 100 yards against Cleveland last week. And uh, Damon Harris is still in the concussion protocol. We'll uh, monitor that as we get closer. But Damian has seven touchdowns. Ramondre has three. But uh, Harris is uh, averaging 4.1 a carry. Ramondre uh, Stevenson's averaging 4.3. And Talking to Dean Pease today, he said, hey, these running backs, they're not trying to hit home runs. They're not trying to jump cut and uh, go, um, you know, and go 80 yards. They'll go six, and then they'll try to finish it and go nine yards. They just want first downs. He said he knew from his days with New England and Coach Bilicek and Coach Fears that, you know, that's how they teach their running backs. They want you to run it hard and get the, you know, fight the yards, get the first downs and, and pile it up that way. So the Falcons uh, tackling will be uh, um, needed in this one. And uh, either way, they got a hard charge and running back coming their way. Uh, Jacoby Myers, he's from Arabia Mountain High uh, in Lithonia, played at North Carolina State. He was undrafted after 2019, but he's their leading receiver with 50 catches for 483 yards. 27 long, got his first touchdown last week against the Browns and touched off a little celebration there. Kendrick Bourne, he's dangerous. He's the long guy, uh, averaging 15.8 a catch, has a 75-yard touchdown uh, on the boards here, but 33 for 520 and three touchdowns. And uh, one of the tight ends that they signed, Hunter Henry, uh, Three years, 37-5, and uh, John Smith played for Arthur Smith over in Tennessee. He got signed, too, by New England. He got a four-year, $50 million deal. Um, but Hunter Henry and Mac Jones have a, a thing going on in the red zone, and he's got seven touchdowns. So uh, Hunter Henry has uh, got to guard him in the red zone. The, uh, looks like they overpaid for John Smith, but, hey, more power to him. Uh, he's got 21 catches for 193. Uh, Hunter Henry has 31 for 353 and seven touchdowns. So 
that's a lot of weapons for the for, for the rookie. It's got a wide receiver that's catching the ball, and, and Jacoby Myers got a threat in Kendrick Bourne. It's got two tight ends. If you you know don't cover them, they'll they can catch it too. And then he's got Nelson Aguilar averaging fourteen point eight on twenty four catches and two touchdowns. So those are some weapons for the rookie, and uh, he's learning how to use them. That's the problem for the rest of the league. Yep, Jacoby's from Lithonia. And uh, we get on defense with one of the stars. We'll just go uh, right over there. So offensively, they're running balance. They're running, uh, they're running the ball. Then they got, you know, weapons to throw it to. And now Mac Jones is learning how to, how to do it. Uh, Bobby Hoyer's still around the league. He's his backup. He closed out the Cleveland blowout. Uh, so he's got a quarterback in the room to teach him the ropes, too, um, you know, after he beat out Cam Newton in training camp. So that offense is something to keep an eye on. They got weapons. They could run it. They could throw it. And, of course, you know, they uh, they have a solid – they always have a solid uh, line up front. So defensively, though, this team is uh, – the defense is further along than the offense. The uh, linebacking core is uh, the, the strength of the unit to me. Uh, Matt Judon with uh, 9.5 sacks. Jawan Bentley led him in tackles against Cleveland. Uh, then you got Kyle Van Noy, who was cut by the Dolphins and re-signed by them. And then Dante Hightower. Everybody in Atlanta knows him. He's the guy Devontae Freeman whiffed on in the Super Bowl. And uh, started things in motion in the 34-26 game. So that's the linebacking core. So nobody's, you know, they could rush from that group. They could stop the tackles. uh, They could stop the runs and uh, cover a little bit. So um, if you, you know, you can't move them around, you know, there's always somebody waiting to attack. And in the secondary so let's just hear on defense. J.C. Jackson's got five picks, and Kyle Duggar has three. Kyle's from uh, Whitewater High here, uh, played at Lenore Ryan. He was a second-round pick in 220. You know, we wrote a lot about him in the AJC uh, leading up uh, from the Senior Bowl. Did, uh, did some work on him at the Senior Bowl and had him rated as our fifth Best safety that year coming out. Xavier McKinney was number one from Alabama. I think Grant Dale Pitt from LSU was number three. But I have a link in the Cover 9 at 9 blog uh, with the review of the safeties coming out in 2020. And Kyle was on that list. So I asked um, Dave Ragone about him today, the, the Falcons uh, OC. And he said, yeah, just like the rest of them, he's a solid football player and he's always in the right position. There's nobody that's never not in the right position in his defense, and Kyle fits that to a T. So he's had three picks for uh, 80 yards, averaging 26.7 on the returns, and um, 64 tackles back there at safety. And J.C. Jackson has a house call. He took one back 88 yards. So this is going to be a, a challenge, and we'll look at that when we get to the, the stats. So um, 
You know, the Falcons going to need to be at their best to, to, to pull this one out on Sunday if they can find a way. Excuse me, on Thursday night. Don't go there on Sunday and nobody's going to be there. So special teams, uh, Nick Folk is uh, the kicker here, and that's uh, six, seven, six. He's a three of five um, of over 50. So everything else he's 100% on, but over 50 he's three of five. So that's 12, 19, and 19 from 49 on in, and 3 of 5 uh, for 50-plus. Uh, Gunnar Olazuski is in the concussion protocol. He's their main returner. So we might see Jacoby Myers back there. And the punter is Jake Bailey. Jake is averaging 48.5, 40.2 net, and uh, four touchbacks. So that's pretty good. Looks like he's got two blocks. So we know how that changed that game last week. Maybe the Falcons can get in there and get them one. So that uh, that's how New England looks. You know, rookie quarterback, balance attack, run it, throw it, tight ends in the red zone. Uh, big note that the Falcons have been making is how physical they play. Uh, offensively and defensively, you know, physical running backs. And, you know, they throw off of that physical running game. And the and the rookie's starting to figure out where the ball's supposed to go. So that's a tall order. Then the defense is stout. We'll go over their numbers here in a second. Uh, I really like that linebacking core. You know, I mean, you try to look and see for weaknesses. Where can I attack this defense? Where can I attack this defense? Um, I don't know who you run. You want to run at Kyle Van Noy? You want to? You want to uh, go at Hightower? Uh, you want to go at Bentley? That's who Cleveland must have tried to go with. He had the most tackles. And, uh, you know, don't forget about Judon. He'll come off the edge and get a, you know, he's got 9.5 sacks. So we'll see uh, how the Falcons come up with a plan for the New England Patriots. So let's go to the tail of the tape, and that's where we look at the statistical rankings. And, um, you know, try to do see some of the matchups that are going to be in play in this game. So, uh, the Falcons, their highest rated thing is passing. Uh, 241.3 is 15, but everything else is low in the bottom half of the league. The uh, points per game, 19.8. Uh, total offense, 324.2 is 25th. Uh, net rushing, we know that's a problem, 82.9. And um, net rush, net passings, 241.3. We set that 15. And, of course, time possession, 28, and three, 28 minutes, 35 seconds. That's 25th in the league. So that's a bad combination. You can't run the ball. You got a young defense out there. Can't help them out. Now, um, that's the offense, and they'll be going against New England's defense, which is the number two ranked scoring defense in the league at 17.7 game, a game. They are the number six ranked overall defense total yards at 328. Rushing yards, uh, they give up 107.9, which is 14th. So that's arguably the weaker, weaker of the two units. And then the passing defense is 220.1 yards a game, eighth in the league. So you got a pretty strong defense going up against the offense that's one-dimensional. So that's going to be advantage Patriots. 
The um, intangible is the turnover differential, and the Falcons haven't been able to come up with many. They are a minus five, which is tied for 26, whereas New England is a plus three, which is tied for ninth in the league. Let us the water there. So now let's go to the Patriots offense, which is coming along with the um, – with the Rook, but their scoring is high because they got that 45 and that 54 in there against the Jets. So they are a top 10 scoring offense at 27.5, and that's their that's their superpower, scoring points. The uh, Everything else is middle of the league. The, the total offense is 356-2 at 15th, rushing 114.5, which is 15th. Uh, pass yards per game, 241.7, which is 15th right uh, right behind the, uh, which is 14th. That should be behind the uh, Falcons, not in front. Okay, the time of possession, 30 minutes and 39 seconds at 13. So you got, um, their numbers are middle of the pack, but their scoring is off the charts. Because a couple outlier games, the 44, uh, the 45 against the Browns, and the 54 against the Jets. So let's, if you throw those out, they would, you know, not be in the top 10. But they scored the points, so you get credit for them. So that's your offense, New England's offense, going against this Falcons defense, which um, is near the bottom of the league in. Uh, all key categories. So they're dead, except for passing yards. They are 16th, so in the middle, at uh, 246.2. And then everything else, the points, they're giving up 29.2 points a game, 31st, 368.3, 22nd, and then 122.1, 21st in the league. So you got a defense that gives up points. Yards, mostly rushing, uh, against a, a kind of middle balanced offense that somehow can score points. So, so the Falcons are going to be at a disadvantage, you know, based on the stats through through ten and uh, nine games respectively. Patriots have played one more game. Uh, it looks like their offense has an advantage. It uh, looks like the uh, Patriots defense has an advantage, and that's why they are 6.5 favorites going into this game. 6.5 favorites. So, you know, the series history, they haven't played uh, since 2017. The Falcons lead the series eight games to six and um, lost the last meeting up in New England. 2017, 10, October the 22nd, 2017, 23-7 loss up there to New England. And, of course, um, they've met one time in the postseason. And we all remember that one, Super Bowl 51, 34-28 in Houston. Falcons blew a 28-3 lead in that one. So we don't... Need to rehash all of that this week. But there you have it. We're going to go out. So it's a short week. These games get here quick on these Thursdays. Uh, we're running people in and out. We're trying to make sure we uh, have everything recorded and posted online. Um, one other note before we go. Uh, 
Really like Mark Bradley's column today. He uh, wrote about Arthur Smith doing a lot with a little. That's kind of what we've been saying here this year. He noted that um, the fine folks over at Football Outsiders say the Falcons have the second worst roster in the league. Uh, right ahead of Detroit. So, you, you know, when you don't have money and you miss on your draft picks, then, you know, you got low, you know, you got um, you got some holes to fill on your roster. So they've done a good job of bringing in veterans here who can play and somehow, you know, have been able to squeeze off four wins, you know, three of them kicks at the end to, you know, be at four and five and, and have the players talking about, uh, competing and so forth and being in games and, and so forth. So I, I know that the rest of the way I was uh, the only, you know, games I thought they would be prohibitive underdogs in would, would be Buffalo and Tampa Bay. But this New England team's looking pretty good uh, coming in here. Then they'll go to Jacksonville, uh, then Tampa Bay, and then Carolina, which, you know, and all of a sudden Carolina's looking pretty good. The defense is pretty good. Um, Jack Thompson, Stephon Gilmore, and, um, you know, all those young players, they've been drafting the last couple of years. So, I mean, that's not walking the park either. So, we they're going to have to just try to continue to get better with the young players they have. And um, they're going to be in some, some games, and it's going to be some where they're going to have to step it up. Uh, you know, and this is probably one of them against the fine New England team, well coached by – Coach Bill Belichick, who is the greatest coach in the league to some of y'all. But to some people, he's the guy who cut Bernie Kosar and will never be forgiven for it. So with that, we're going to get on out of here and uh, get ready for the Thursday night kickoff at 820. Thank you all for following us on Twitter at AJC. Love it when you subscribe to the paper and our digital products on AJC.com. And um, we're going to get on out of here. So take care and have a great rest of your week from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, episode 298. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.